here's our kitchen sink problem from this section. And it's similar to a homework problem. And it uses material from section 1.7. For the function y equals 8x squared minus 72 all over 2x squared plus 2x minus 40, sketch the graph using the following information. Identify the y-intercept, any x-intercepts, if any, vertical asymptotes, if any, horizontal asymptote, if any, one-sided limits at the vertical asymptotes, and the limits at infinity. So we're going to use everything that we learned in section 1.7 together with what we learned in this section to put it together to sketch the graph. Now, the first thing I'm going to do, and I'm going to do it where I have space over here, is to rewrite this, right? It's much more helpful, except actually for the y-intercept, let's do that first. That's why it's on top. The y-intercept, can you find that most easily in this form? When x is 0, we have 0 minus 72 on top, and 0 plus 0 minus 40 on the bottom. So the y-intercept is the point 0, comma, negative 72 over negative 40, which reduces down to 0, comma, positive 9 fifths, because 8 goes into each of these. So you have 9 on top and 5 on the bottom. So our y-intercept is 0, 9 fifths. And you can put that in right away, but we'll, we'll wait and we'll do the other problems, the other parts next. Now that I'm looking for x-intercepts, vertical asymptotes, the horizontal asymptote, if you'd like to figure it out now, you could. But I think we'll just use the other form when we get there. But these next two things need it factored, right? So I'm going to factor this, rewrite it in factored form. And I can factor out an 8, first of all, can I? So I have 8 times parentheses x squared minus 9. And on the bottom, I have 2 times parentheses x squared plus x minus 20. So I factor out an 8 on top and a 2 on the bottom. And then I have 8 times x minus 3 times x plus 3. And on the bottom, I have 2 times x plus 5 times x minus 4. And you can double check my factoring if you'd like. So this is the factored form of the original function. So now I can use the numerator of the factored form to find my x-intercepts, right? Because the whole thing will equal 0. That's an x-intercept when y is 0. The whole y thing will equal 0 when the numerator is 0. The numerator will be 0 when x is 3 or negative 3. So my x-intercepts are 3, 0 and negative 3, 0. What do I need to check to make sure? I need to make sure these aren't also places where I'm dividing by 0, because then I have a hole in the graph, don't I? So I don't want a hole in the graph. I want the x-intercepts. So I make sure that if I plug in either 3 or negative 3 in for x, that I don't get 0 in the bottom. Since I don't have these factors of x minus 3 or x plus 3 in the bottom, I know I'm safe. So it gives me 0 over non-zero, so that's an x-intercept, each of these. The vertical asymptotes, the opposite of the x-intercepts in a way, right? They're where the denominator is 0 and the numerator is non-zero. So the denominator is 0 when x is negative 5 or 4. Negative 5 and 4 for x do not make 0 in the top. So I have x equals negative 5, and x equals positive 4 are my two vertical asymptotes. The horizontal asymptote, you may remember from section 1.7, or you may remember from this section using the limits at infinity. The horizontal asymptote gives you 
the dominant term on the top over the dominant term on the bottom. In this case, they're both in the very first terms. So I have 8x squared on top over 2x squared on the bottom. So my horizontal asymptote is y equals 8x squared over 2x squared, taking my dominant term on top over the one on the bottom. So I have y equals Notice my horizontal asymptote is a y equals. My vertical asymptotes are x equals, right? Because horizontal lines are y equals, vertical lines are x equals. One-sided limits at the vertical asymptotes. Those are going to make sense why we need them when we go to the graph. So let's take these top four pieces of information and start to draw a graph. So I'm going to come over here. I want to leave some space to do my limits. So over here, I need to put vertical asymptotes at negative 5 and 4, and I also need to see my long-run behavior. So I'm going to put negative 5 right about here. x equals negative 5, and x equals 4 a little closer. And I don't know, I always put my vertical asymptotes first. And then the y-intercept is 0, 9 fifths, which is 1 and 4 fifths, which is 1.8, which is almost 2. But it doesn't really matter, just, you know, somewhere about there, 0, 9 fifths is my y-intercept. I have two x-intercepts at 3 and negative 3. This right here is 4, so 3, maybe about there. And that's my 0, my x-intercept. And then I have another one, equidistant over here, equidistant over here, about there at negative 3. I have a horizontal asymptote of y equals 4. So I'm actually I'm going to move this down a little bit just so I have room. The horizontal asymptote is, four, is at 4, which is almost twice as high up as my y-intercept, which is at 1.8. So a little more than twice up. I'm only going to put the horizontal asymptotes on the end because a lot of students think that you're not supposed to cross the horizontal asymptotes, just like vertical asymptotes. But that's not true. The horizontal asymptotes are actually only to tell you the values that the function is getting close to, the value that the function is getting close to on the ends. So the the value that the function is getting close to on the ends is y equals 4, but it doesn't tell me anything about the middle. And I can cross over this imaginary horizontal asymptote wherever I want. So I'm just going to put it on the ends. So that's all the information that I've found so far. And I don't have any way to connect the dots yet. You may have learned that when you have factors like x minus 3 and x plus 3 in the numerator, if each factor that makes a 0 is to the first power, then the graph just passes through the 0 or the x-intercept. If you had, for example, don't write this, please don't write this. If you had a 2 right here, then the graph would actually bounce like a parabola. It would, it would come down and go back up at x equals 3. Or if it were coming from the bottom, it would come up and go back down. I call that bouncing, like Tigger would bounce in Winnie the Pooh. So bouncing, the graph would bounce on the x-axis. If you had any kind of even power on the zero, I'm sorry, on the factor that makes a zero. If you have the third degree, then that passes through the graph, 
but it's squished like x cubed. So you know how y equals negative x cubed here would be squished at the zero, kind of flattened? That's if you have an odd power like 3, 5, 7 on your factor that makes zero. So if it's, if it's a 3, 5, or 7 exponent on the, the factor that makes zero, then you squish it, you squish the graph at the zero, and then keep it going in the same direction, down, down, or up, up. If it's an even power, 2, 4, 6, 8, and so on, then I'll draw a picture. It looks like it either comes down and goes back up or comes up and goes back down. It bounces, I call it, on the graph. If you have a 2 power, 4 power, 6 on your factor that makes 0, say x equals 3. If the exponents are each just 1, then the graph just passes through there. It doesn't bounce, and it's not squished, because each of these exponents is 1. So look at the center here. I go from my y-intercept down to my 0, like this. And the question is, do I bounce and go back up, or do I pass through? And I think I pass through, because it's a first power on the x minus 3. But how can I check that? How can I check and see, oh, as I, as I pass through this point, this point x equals 3, do I go down toward negative infinity as I approach my vertical asymptote, or do I go back up toward positive infinity? I can use the one-sided limit, can I? The limit as x approaches 4 from the left. So I'm going to take my first one-sided limit. The limit as x approaches 4 from the left of, can I just call it y? Actually, I guess I should write it in because I need my factors. So I'm going to have 8, x minus 3, x plus 3, all over, and I'm going to have to erase this, 2, 2 times x plus 5 times x minus 4. So as x approaches 4 from the left, I go to 0 in the denominator, don't I? But not on top. So I know my limit's either positive infinity or negative infinity. I think, I'm guessing it's negative infinity based on what I knew about the 0 passing through. To check it, I approach 4 from the left. So maybe 3.9. What's 3.9 minus 3? Positive. 8 is positive, right? And then 3.9 plus 3 is another positive. Then I have 3.9 plus 5, positive. 3.9 minus 4, negative. So I have one negative and the rest positive, so my limit is negative infinity. So I'm going to go down to negative infinity using my left-hand limit at the vertical asymptote. Similarly, on this side, we go from our y-intercept to our 0 of negative 3. Now, based on the same information I had for the 0 of 3, since x plus 3 is to the first power, x plus 3 was to the first power, So I just pass through. And I think it should go down to negative infinity. How can I check? Also, I know it it, it can't go back up, right? Because I don't have any more zeros to use. So if I know that it passes through here, it must go down. But I can check using another one-sided limit. So I'm going to erase this. And I'm going to do the limit as x goes to. Which limit would I use here? The limit as x goes to negative 5 from the right. So the limit as x goes to negative 5 
plus a little bit from the right of that same thing, 8x minus 3, x plus 3, shouldn't have erased that, over 2, x plus 5, x minus 4. As x goes to negative 5 from the right, that's numbers like negative 4.9. So I have negative 4.9 minus 3, negative minus a negative is more negative. Negative 4.9 plus 3 is another negative. Negative 4.9 plus 5 is positive. And negative 4.9 minus 4 is negative. So I have negative, negative, negative. I have an odd number of negatives, so my limit is negative infinity again. And I see it goes down to negative infinity. So now I've got the middle of the graph. Now I told you this was a kitchen sink problem. It was going to take a while, right? So I have the middle of the graph. Now I need the two ends. And I know that I have horizontal asymptotes here. And I know that I don't have any more zeros, any more x-intercepts. So I actually can guess that my graph is going to go like this. Because I don't have any more x-intercepts. And I need to eventually approach this line y equals 4. It could come down and go back up, but something like this. And on the other side, because I don't have any x-intercepts here, and I need to get up to the horizontal asymptote of y equals 4, I think the graph's going to need to go like that, up like this. But to double check, I need to use calculus, so or at least a couple of y values. So let me, um, let me erase this for now. Let's start on the right-hand side. I need to know, I know that I'm going to be out here in my horizontal asymptote when I'm on the edge of the graph, because that's what calculus tells me, with, and, and even just the horizontal asymptote stuff that you learned in 1.7. So I need to know, do I go up or go down? So I need to know, as I approach 4 from the right, do I go up or down? So I need the limit as x approaches 4 from the right. Same function, different signs maybe. As x approaches 4 from the right, I have a positive. 4 minus 3 is positive. 4 plus 3 is positive. 4 plus 5 is positive. And 4 minus 4, if I'm approaching from values to the right, like 4.01, 4 minus 4 is also positive. So I have all positives. So my limit is positive infinity. So I know I go up like this. And then I come down somehow to my horizontal asymptote of y equals 4. On the other side, I need to know, do we go up as we approach the vertical asymptote from the left, or do we go down as we approach the vertical asymptote from the left? There are no x-intercepts, so there shouldn't be any way that I can go down toward negative infinity as I approach the the vertical asymptote, because I would cross the x-axis if I did go down. So it should go up, but how do you check with the limit? The limit as x approaches negative 5. From which side? The left. And I plug it into the same expression. Different signs, maybe. Negative 5 minus 3 is negative. Negative 5 plus 3 is negative. Negative 5 plus 5 goes to 0, right? So I have to be careful about which direction. I'm approaching negative 5 from the left. So like negative 5.01. Negative 5.01 plus 5 would be negative. That's the hard one, right? Negative 5.01 plus 5 would be negative. Negative 5 minus 4, another negative. I have an even number of negatives. So I have positive over positive or positive infinity. So that tells me the graph goes up to positive infinity as x approaches negative 5 from the left.
And then I know I have a horizontal asymptote of y equals 4. So I'm going to draw that back in now. And my graph approaches that horizontal asymptote like that. If you use your graphing calculator and you even just do a standard zooming window, you're going to see this graph. But you could be expected to do it all by yourself without a calculator. And it takes some practice, but it's, it's really, it's always the same technique. You have to put your vertical asymptotes in, any zeros, any x-intercepts you have, a y-intercept. And then if you know the bouncing behavior at your zeros, that's helpful. If it doesn't bounce, great. And then if you check your left and right-hand limits at your asymptotes, that'll tell you which direction the graph goes. And then on the end behavior, you can look at your horizontal asymptote, if there is one. I mentioned limits at infinity. What's the limit as x goes to positive or negative infinity of this function? I'm going to write the original one. 8x squared minus 72 over 2x squared plus 2x minus 40. You can see your leading terms are 8x squared and 2x squared. When you reduce those down, that reduces down to 4. So the y values of the function approach 4 as the x values approach either positive infinity or negative infinity. And we can also see that with our horizontal asymptote y equals 4.